0: Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. So, we're going to begin a new series today titled, We're Here to Serve. We're Here to Serve. It's taken from Mark chapter 10, verse 42. If you'll find your notes there in the bullets and follow along with us. It says, Jesus called them, the disciples together, and he said, You know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. Then here's the verse. When I was in Bible school, I took a course called the Gospels. We went through the Gospel of Mark. And this is the key verse of Mark. This is the verse that stands out. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to serve. So that's why we're here, isn't it? We're here to serve as well. Well, we're going to talk about this over the course of the next few weeks. And this morning, what we're going to address is the attitude of a servant. Now, let me just tell you something. You have an attitude, all right? Just so you know, I just want you to understand that. And and here's what we understand. If you take your thoughts, everything flows from how you think, and if you take your feelings and your emotions, and if you take the experiences you've been through in your life, and you add into that your personality, And then your appearance. What's my appearance got to do with anything? You know what? You and I judge other people by how they look sometimes, don't we? What's wrong with you? Nothing. And if you take your actions and you mix all of those together, it equals your attitude. That's what your attitude is. Chuck Swindoll wrote these words. Attitude to me, he says, is more important than an education more important than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It makes or break a company, a church, and a home." The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play the one string we have, and that is our attitude. I am convinced, he says, that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are all in charge of our attitude. So the attitude becomes critical in being a servant. Now, let me just talk to you a little bit so we understand this about an attitude and what it means. First of all, an attitude conceals itself from us. Here's what that simply means. You're not aware many times of the attitude that you have. Other people are but many times we're oblivious to our own. I remember sometimes kids get up in the morning, come for breakfast, have that little oomph to it, sit down, be a little snooty when they talk, you know, you know, grumpy in the morning, blah, blah, blah. You know? And I say, hey, you better, well, you better stop that. You're added to stop it. Nothing wrong with me. I'm okay. I didn't do nothing. You're right. You didn't do something, and you should have. You should have changed your attitude before you came out here this morning. And many times, we're not aware of the attitude that we have. And when other people point it out to us, we don't like it. Everybody has an attitude. And many times, we're not aware of ours. We're aware of everybody else's. but we're kind of blind to our own. Because our attitude conceals itself from us. Secondly, an attitude is a choice. It's a choice that you make. Nothing controls your attitude but you. It's up to you to choose the attitude that you're going to have. It's determined by this collection of thoughts and feelings and emotions and all those things I went through just a moment ago. It's all of them are there. And it is my choice to choose how I am going to come across to people and the attitude that I am going to carry with me throughout the day. Attitude conveys the real you. (laughs) Isn't it amazing? We're not aware of what it is, but yet it's the real us. Well, I'm not really that way. Yes, you are. And so you and I have this attitude that we carry with us on a regular basis. We're basically blind to it, we basically don't understand it, don't see it kind of think we're okay and we're fine, but yet we don't understand what it projects to others about us, and in reality, it is really who we are. Not only that, but then attitude controls people's perception of you. You and I will meet somebody, and our first impression is filtered through the attitude. How they look, how they dress, their talking, their appearance, how they come across to us. And we, uh, you know, we make that judgment and go, wow, boy, they they think they're something, don't they? And they haven't said a word to us. You with me so far? Yeah. Okay. Remember, I'm I'm kind of, my head's kind of stuffed up. It's all in my head. Of course, you knew that before anyway. But, (laughs) But so I just want to make sure I'm getting this across because you know other people judge you by your attitude attitude carries you to success or failure your attitude is the predictor of your future it's either your best friend or your worst enemy your greatest asset your greatest liability And yet we go around our day activity. We walk by people and through people. You know, know, somebody, you'll greet them in the lobby maybe and they'll just walk right by you and you look at them and they didn't say a word to you and go, well, don't they think there's something? Where did you come up with that idea? You were judging their attitude, weren't you? You were looking at it through your attitude, weren't you? Well, my attitude's great. It's everybody else's. My attitude's just wonderful. It's this person I live with. They have a rotten attitude. And so it carries us and it helps us. It's a predictor of what the future is going to be for us. Because if you carry with you throughout life a negative attitude, you're going to be hurting yourself for a long time, aren't you? And you're going to repel people away from you, won't you? And so the attitude has a great indication of how your life is going to go and the direction it's going to go. Your attitude has to do with Christ-likeness. When I have a wrong attitude, I look at the world selfishly. When I have a Christ-like attitude, I look at life as a servant. I either live a selfish life or a servant life. It is my choice, and my attitude is a predictor of that. And so, you know, you want to work somewhere. Oh, I'll serve. You know, I want to do something. I'm a servant at heart. And so you get to be with somebody that I can't work with them. They have a horrible attitude. You better go look in a mirror. John Maxwell, here's what he says. We cannot choose how many years we'll live, but we can choose how much life those years will have. We cannot control the beauty of our face, but we can control the expression on it. We cannot control life's difficult moments, but we can choose to make life less difficult. We cannot control the negative atmosphere of the world, but we can control the atmosphere of our minds. Too often we choose to control things we cannot, and too seldom we choose to control what we can, our attitude. Attitude plays a big part in your life as a servant. So this morning, we're going to look at what does it mean to be a Christ-like servant, and what's the attitude I should have? Because this word crops up often in areas of servanthood, because if you're good to serve, <laughs> no one wants somebody working for them who has a lousy attitude, do you okay, so what are the attitude traits that characterize a servant what are what are they? What what do I need to be checking for in my life? Now, please hear me. As you're sitting here today, some of you are thinking, boy, I hope so-and-so's listening to this. And some of you have already elbowed the person sitting next to you. So this isn't for you to take and place on somebody else. This is for you and I to take and place on ourselves. And so what are the attitudes that characterize the servant? Number one, I'm willing to live without a position. Without a title, without being in a place where I know, well, what's my duty, I, I'm willing to live without that. And then there's the famous passage, perhaps the most famous passage in the Bible, about attitude. It's found in Philippians chapter 2, verse one. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love, any fellowship together with the Spirit? Are your hearts tender, compassionate? Make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and one purpose. Now when two people work together, that's called conflict, isn't it? Because when you work together, you think that person working with you should be doing it your way, don't you? but have you ever noticed that you always get stuck with somebody who's stubborn and wants to do it their way? (laughs) You know, loving one another, working together, it's more important than working together than me getting what I want. I don't need a position. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Oh, you mean Jesus had an attitude? Sure, he was human. What was that attitude? It tells us. Though he was God, though he had the highest position in the world, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. He didn't need to cling to his title. He didn't need to cling to being in charge. He didn't need to cling to being the boss. And instead... He gave up his divine privileges. How many divine privileges did he have? A lot, didn't he? He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Going from God to being human is a big step down. Although there's a lot of humans who think they're God. When he appeared in human form, notice he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. So, what did he do? He gave up his way to live our way, he gave up his rights so that he could serve us by dying for us. He was willing to take a step back from everything he had a right to and to bring himself to a lower place so that he could serve others by dying. That's a pretty hefty attitude change, isn't it? And so he said, look, I'm willing to have this kind of attitude. I will willingly give up all the rights I got. Now, we're a rights conscious people, aren't we? Well, I have a right to this and I have a right to this and I have a right to be treated better and I have a right to have this and I have a right to this. And that attitude comes out often, doesn't it? And so he felt like, well, I got this right, I got this right. Yet he set aside everything he was entitled to and became much less than what he had a right to be, so that he could take care of you and me. There's nothing you I'll ever do that will put ourselves in that place. There's no way, no matter how much we step down, we have stepped down that much. So what's the first attitude here that we understand? The attitude that Christ had, the willingness to live without a position. How do I do that? I humble myself. I come to a place where I am willing to step down and serve others no matter how I'm treated and no matter what happens. (laughs) He steps down as God, becomes man, and as he's man, what happens? Nobody believes him. Everybody challenges him. Everybody says, you think you're God? Prove it. He goes through this whole scenario, doesn't he? The whole time, knowing who he was. And yet he was willing to step down. He did not retaliate, the Bible tells us, when they hurled insults at him. He didn't do anything wrong. He was always right. And yet people criticized him. People abused him. People, you know, killed him. And yet he was willingly going to do whatever he could to serve. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And he humbled himself. He took a lower position than what he was entitled to. He was willing to step away from all the rights and privileges of God. And he was willing to serve us. That's incredible. And yet, as the Bible says, when you're a servant, you and I should have the attitude of Christ, right? Uh, That wasn't real enthusiastic there. Because what do we do? We serve as long as everybody's nice to us. We serve as long as I get my way. Okay. Let me go on. It doesn't get any better, but let me go on. We're willing to live with pain. It's painful when you don't get things the way you think they should be, isn't it? It's painful when you serve and people don't appreciate it, isn't it? And yet we're willing to live with whatever the cost is because I am here to serve and no matter how painful that might be and it will be painful at times I'm still willing to serve 1 Peter 4, one. then since Christ suffered physical pain you must arm yourself <laughs> here it is again with the same attitude he had be ready to suffer Well, hold it. I'm here serving. I'm here giving them my time, my talent, my energy, my effort. I should be appreciated. And all everybody, there should be a parade. I should get confetti. Everybody should be blowing bells and whistles. And everything should just be wonderful. And I'm here. I'm God's gift to you. And here I am. You can't treat me like that. You know what? If you're going to serve you're gonna have to be willing to pay a price for that servanthood, aren't you? The same attitude he had, and be ready to suffer. If you've suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. Let me just kind of explain that a little bit. You see, when you're willing to suffer physically, when you're willing to do that, how are you finished with sin? Because you're learning how to say no to that selfish nature inside of you, aren't you? That selfish nature that wants to be served. That selfish nature that thinks it has rights. That selfish nature that believes things should go the way I want it to. And I'm willing to suffer to put that aside, to say no to it, and to be finished with the sinful attitude that I have. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do The will of God. You see, we think serving should be easy, but in reality, serving is difficult because it's painful. Serving is difficult because you have to stretch yourself. Serving is difficult because you don't always get to do what you want. Serving is difficult because when you serve, other people are involved. And other people have this attitude, don't they? Yeah. And for some of you, the biggest pain is to keep your mouth shut and just work. I'm willing to serve no matter how hard it may be. I'm willing to serve no matter what it's going to cost me. I'm willing to serve because, just like Jesus, I'm willing to lay down my wants, my rights. I'm willing to put that aside because I'm here to serve. And that's why Jesus Christ came, and I will do that no matter how inconvenienced I am. And serving will inconvenience you. Serving means I don't always get to do what I want. Well, I'd like to do that, but I'm busy over here and I've got this. And we all have our reasoning and our desires because, you know, I, I want to do something that's easy. Because here's what you have to understand. Life is not about avoiding pain and suffering. It's learning to suffer well for the right reasons. It's wanting God's will more than my own. Now, notice what he says. You won't spend the rest of your life chasing after your own desires, but you will do the will of God. So how, how do I do this? How do I deal with the pain that's involved that when I'm called to serve and I'm called to do some things that I don't like to do, when I'm called to be inconvenienced, when people want to maybe do something I don't like or don't agree with, am I willing to serve? Here's what it is. I'm going to hunt for God's will. I want to be willing to do what God wants me to do. Not what I want to do, but what does God want me to do? Not what always is easy, but what's always Right? And so as a servant, I'm not going to serve just when it's convenient and I don't, it doesn't cost me anything. I'm going to serve when I know this is what God has for me. Now, you see, sometimes we think if I'm doing the will of God, then everything in life gets easier. Let me just tell you a little secret. If you're going to do the will of God, life will get a little harder. Why will it get harder? because you don't get to have your way. You're going to have to say no to you. You're going to have to say yes to God. And how many of us understand God will ask you to do some things you don't want to do? Right? Yeah. And to do them, well, there will be a cost. Jesus Christ came to earth humbled himself, did the will of the Father. In fact, what he said is, I don't do anything but what the Father tells me to do and what did the Father tell him to do. The Father told him, I want you to go to a cross and I want you to die. Well, hold it. That's not fair. I didn't do anything wrong. No, but the people around you need you. And what they've done, you need. Can make a difference. And I know it's going to hurt you, and I know it's going to be hard, and I know you're going to have to step beyond what is expected. But are you willing to lay down your life for others? Because that's what a servant does. The attitude isn't worn on a sleeve. You know, Pastor I'm not going to serve anymore they hurt my feelings oh poor baby I'm not going to do this anymore because they asked me to do something I I don't want to do that well with that attitude you probably shouldn't so you hunt for God's will God what do you want I want to please you I'm willing to lay down my life just like Christ did. I'm willing to do that so that I can serve you. And we all understand, don't we? We serve God by serving others, don't we? And so I have to be willing to understand being a servant is not simple and it's not easy. It will cost you. And you will have to be willing to pay that price and suffer because of it. You won't always be appreciated. You won't always get recognition. You won't always get to do what you want to do. You don't always get to do it the way you think it should be done. Another thing about attitude is a willing to live in peace. Peace. If I have this right attitude, I am willing to live in peace. I don't know what it is. Well, I do know what it is. Anytime you and I have to work with other people, it is a recipe for conflict, isn't it? Because here's what's so bad about other people. They always want their way. When everybody knows my way is better my way is right. I see things clearly. I have the attitude that everybody else should have. You're not laughing, are you? I can't hear, so. <laughs> I am willing to do everything I can to live in peace. Romans fourteen twelve. Each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, living a life of goodness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with This attitude. Some of you are getting a bad attitude right now, aren't you? (laughs) If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. So then, let's aim for harmony in the church and let's try to build each other up. Verse 21, since you have heard about Jesus and learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God truly righteous and holy so you see when you come to Christ one of the things the Holy Spirit wants to do lives in you he wants you to have a better attitude he wants to help you change how you think and he wants your attitude to shift as well and so he wants us to have the attitude like Christ one that is willing to serve, one that is pleasant, one that is willing to do whatever needs to be done no matter how hard it gets to do, the servant and being willing to go the extra mile and do whatever I can do. 1 Peter three eight. Finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tenderhearted and uh, keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. Oh, I'll bless them. (laughs) Let me bless them. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. If you have a hard time getting along with people, you are probably not a servant. Because a servant is willing to get along with everyone. A servant is willing to serve no matter. A servant understands The idea of let me do what I can do and as I do it, I'm not going to cause more disruption. As I do it, I'm going to do it in peace. Now, here's what we do. Well, pastor, I want to keep peace. So the best thing for me to do is just get out of the way and step away. No, the best thing for you to do is humble yourself and set an example for others of how to serve. Well, they won't pay any attention to me. Yeah, they will. Well, you know, I don't have to put up with this. Yes, you do. You and I are called to serve. That's who we are by nature. We are here on this planet to serve God. And we serve God how? By serving others. We are a servant. Now, if I'm going to serve, the critical part of my service is will I have a right attitude about it? Will I, in spite of being painfully used, still have a right attitude? Will I, in spite of not being recognized, still have a right attitude? And will I do everything I can? How how do I take care of this? How do I live a life of peace? He's told us in what we just read, I honor others. Others are more important to me. And when I come to others, what can I do to serve you? What can I do to make life easier? What can I do to make life better? How can I help? Well, I want you to go do that. I don't want to do that. I'm sorry. That's not my job description. I'll do this. No, we got somebody doing that. Well, I want to do it. Tell them to go do something else. And you see, in life you're going to put an attitude into place in your life. And that attitude is either going to be one that keeps people away from you or brings people closer to you. You're going to have this attitude that's going to project things that you don't even have to say a word and people will look at you and be around you and go, oh, that's kind of toxic. Or, wow, that person's really nice. Well, they didn't say a word. I know, but I can just tell. That's attitude. So I'm called to humble myself. To not think I deserve something to not be in a place of position or title where I've got to be recognized and I don't have to have my way and I don't have to do things the way, everything, the way I think it should be done. And I am willing to lay down my life no matter how hard it may be and how much I might have to suffer because of it. I don't judge it by that. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It's going to cost me something. And I'm willing to serve no matter what happens there. And I'll keep doing that no matter what because I'm going to do everything I can as I serve to live in peace with people. Well, pastor, you're just a doormat letting people walk all over you, aren't you? You know what? It takes a pretty strong person to be a good doormat. People looked at Jesus as a doormat, didn't they? He did all of this and yet when it comes time to the end, he doesn't open his mouth doesn't say a word. They crucify him. But as we sung this morning, he had the final word. God always does. And so Jesus told his disciples in the Mark passage that's there, if you want to be at the top, start at the bottom. I'll take care of you from there. And so you and I are called to be servants. We're here for that. And if I'm going to serve well, I have to address the attitude that I'm going to have in my life. Now, if you really want to know what your attitude is, you need to ask some people around you. But the problem is, (laughs) you're going to have to figure out a way for them to be able to tell you the truth and you not get ticked off at them. You have been called to live in freedom, brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. See, your sinful nature wants to be served. Your sinful nature does not want to serve. It's what makes this so hard and so difficult. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Use your freedom to serve. So this morning we're here to serve. What's your attitude like? What what is it right now that the Holy Spirit's talking to you about that he has a way of kind of going to the root of things and Right now, inside, in your heart and in your mind, there's this thought. And he has this way of pointing things out, doesn't he? Would you take a moment just between you and God? Say, Lord, would you help me? I want to have the attitude of Christ. I want to be willing to humble myself. I want to be willing to endure hardships difficulties I want to do everything I can to do your will no matter what it takes God I want to get along with people I want to serve people even the difficult people Lord this morning once again you lay out for us how this walk with you works. And you set the example for us. You showed us. You were willing to give up everything you had in heaven. And you were willing to come and be a human being. And as you walked on this earth, your intent and purpose was to serve made the ultimate sacrifice by giving your life. Servants give their lives. Would you help us? And Lord, every one of us has an attitude this morning. Would you help it to be the attitude of Christ? Would you work in our life so that this attitude comes through and so that it gets changed? That we wouldn't have a selfish attitude. We wouldn't have an attitude like the world, but that we would have an attitude like Christ. Thank you for day for setting the example for us. Thank you today for showing the way for us. You came here not to be served, but to serve. We are here not to be served, but to serve. Help us to do it with the attitude that's Christ-like, I pray. In thy Thank name. you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.